0: hey there full live athlete pastor channel it's justin speaking we are on day 44 of the online bible reading club i wanted to share with you guys that we're going to have a snow day tomorrow it looks like and with that i'm going to take some time to answer some questions and do a proper live stream so that'll be any questions you have from genesis and exodus and matthew just uh jump on at 4 p.m central time tomorrow we'll spend about an hour together chatting about the scriptures and let's get to understand the Bible together. That'd be great. So 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. tomorrow, Settle Time, here on YouTube, live. All right, let's get into it. So Online Bible Reading Club, day 44. We're going to be looking at Exodus. I sorry, not Exodus, Leviticus 14 and Matthew 26, 51 through 76. Leviticus 14, in a nutshell, is about how someone can be declared unclean through leprosy and then you can be declared clean again. You go from a status of unclean to clean. And this is a representation now that the priest had no ability to transform you. He could just recognize your status. He had no ability to make you clean, but to, just, just to judge it and say unclean. What's fascinating is there's, there's houses uh, that are going to be built when the people go into the promised land and they also can be called unclean. So I want to highlight two things in this chapter real fast. In the ritual to where the the priest would go out to bring the person back into the presence of God. Remember, it's dangerous to be in the presence of God, unclean and unholy. So the priest was to drive the person out as unclean to guard and protect him from the presence of God. So you want to to go out and bring him back in. The priest needs to go out with blood. He needs to go out and make this sacrifice and then declare to be unclean. It's a lengthy process, very detailed. So read through it and enjoy it because it tells us just how much we uh, need in order to get into God's presence. Uh, And we are that unclean. We're that unholy. And what Jesus had to do was go outside the city when eventually God's presence is going to be Represented at the temple, Uh, the temple is going to transcend the tabernacle when when the people have a permanent home in Jerusalem. And so Jesus is going to go outside the city of Jerusalem, outside the walls, in order to bear our sins, to clean us, to make us righteous or declare us to be righteous. So we can participate in the fellowship that we have with him when the kingdom comes down. Uh, At the new Jerusalem in Revelation 21, the the city comes down and and we dwell with God without a temple, without any mediation in the presence of God. And we eat and drink with Him. And that's what we're made for. So this is the great salvation uh, that we're looking for in Christ is that we have it in principle now, but ultimately we're going to dwell with Him clean, holy, and whole again. And that's what this unholy or this leprosy and the, the unclean status represented here is we're not whole. Uh, we have a, a situation where we're not at peace with God and fellowship needs to be restored. And it, and this priest and his rituals was a representation of what Jesus was going to do. Because two of the birds there that are, that, are, that are used in the sacrifice, one of them is killed and the blood's sprinkled. And the other one's going to be driven away to, to symbolize that, that our uncleanliness has been driven away through means of atonement and ultimately we see in Hebrews 9 and 10 that the blood of goats and bulls could not make atonement only Christ could do that his blood and it does so perfectly once and for once for all all right let's get into the second half of our reading today which is Matthew chapter 26 And as you're thinking about the end of Leviticus, the section we just read, uh, it has a a strange passage about houses. They're going to dwell in in this uh, land with houses uh, and and they're going to have these situations where the houses are going to become unclean. They're going to have mold or fungus in them. And the priest is going to go and examine them and say, well, this one needs to be completely torn down because it's unreconcilable. Uh, it's, It's permanently unclean and we cannot dwell in it. And I think that's a... A great representation for all of us is that none of us are holy none of us are clean we all come to God through Christ this is not a book of heroes where we look at our founders of our religion and we think well they are just paragons that we need to imitate think about Peter Um, a lot of people will object to Christianity because they'll say this is just some religion that's written down in a book in the Bible and this is a very ignorant statement by the way that says these people are just trying to keep power and subdue others well actually if you think about it these are not white men <laughs> you know it's not a, a white man's religion where they're, they're trying to subdue everyone and they're not people that are actually making themselves look good they often look very terrible and very poor uh, those are the leaders in the movement so to speak Think about Peter. He often gets it wrong. And in this section, he gets it wrong very, very gravely twice in two different directions. I want you to focus on how Peter in trying to do the right thing is unrighteous. And then when Peter does the wrong thing, he's absolutely unrighteous. Think about he's trying to do the right thing. They're trying to arrest Jesus in the first verses that you read in 51 and 52. And He takes his sword out and he chops off uh, Malchus's ear. You know, so Caiaphas' servant, Malchus, loses his ear. Jesus says, Put your swords away. And he takes the ear, puts it back on, and heals him. And you think about that. Jesus doesn't need our defense, we don't have to. Rail against the culture and defend Christ at every opportunity and pick fights and go on this culture war for Jesus. He doesn't need that. He doesn't need that. We preach the gospel. Okay, We tell about Christ and the power. That is the power for the salvation of everyone who believes. Preach the gospel. We don't need to fight these wars, and these never-ending wars. Uh, we preach the gospel of peace and God will transform the world through it he will lead to a new kingdom he's, he's at work in this all the time preach the gospel we don't have to to fight now we do not exercise the sword we ministerially declare the gospel that's what we do now think about this he goes off the the rails he goes off to one side of the ditch by trying to defend Jesus. And then if you realize Jesus needs no defense, where should you, how should you behave in that sense? I don't need to defend Jesus. He's in perfect control here. He's demonstrated that by putting the ear back on. Okay. I don't need to be ashamed of him. I don't need to act like I don't know him because if he's able to put an ear back on, he's able to willingly lay down his life and be arrested for my sake because he's going to bear my sin that's why i went to jerusalem in the first place if that's true then that means i can by faith take the resources in christ and be bold well peter falls off the other edge in not appropriating who christ is in his faith and he denies jesus three times i don't know him no it wasn't me Uh, no a little girl sees him there. He's like, "Oh yeah, you were with Jesus." No, I'm not. Ah, you, got, you got you got the wrong guy. Not me. He denies being a follower of Jesus three times, just as Jesus predicted. And when when he says that he's going to do this, he does this at the Lord's Supper. He, he pronounces that Jesus is going to do or Peter's going to do this. Peter's like, "No, I will never do this." And Jesus says, "Yes, you will." And when you do, the rooster will crow. All right, and that happens. Peter realizes Jesus was exactly right. I just honored Christ. He weeps bitterly. That's the end. It's a, it's a harrowing end. And it's, it's essentially where we live. We live in this tension of trying to overdo it and, and really underdo it. And both are not living by faith. Uh, we don't have to prove Jesus. We don't have to prove ourselves to him. Because we're justified by faith in Christ, not by works of the law. And we don't have to be ashamed of him. We don't have to be ashamed that we're in Christ because, again, He has all the power. Believe in Him. God may call you to tell someone that you believe in Him when they ask you. Uh, God may do that, and you need not fear. But God does not need you. He does not rely upon you. And that gives me a lot of assurance. He doesn't need us, but He chooses to use us for His glory and for the salvation of many. All right, take care, guys. Uh, I hope that's helpful to you in understanding these verses. We'll be, keep on reading. We're going to be in Matthew 27 next time and then Leviticus 15. All right, take care. We'll see you d- day 45 tomorrow and live stream tomorrow at 4 o'clock. I'll be posting another update on that um, and emailing out you guys are in the club. And if you want to join the club, you can uh, just comment below, and I can get you that. Uh, but keep watching, keep subscribing, keep liking it so we can get the word out there about the word about Christ so I appreciate it y'all take care and we'll see you next time